Hear the word of God from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10, located in page 811 in the Pew Bible. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the Lord. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has been raised. As he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. A few years ago, an acquaintance of mine was starting to lead worship in her church. It was during one of the Holy Week services. I, it may have been Palm Sunday. And it was the time when her daughter, Hannah, was almost four, and they were trying a little family experiment to see if she could stay in church with them. And so they had the father and Hannah sit on the front row. And Hannah was very excited. This was the service to try it out. She was noticing everyone and everything. And as she was looking at the stained glass window, she noticed... And one of them, Jesus, was high up in the window. And she said, why is Jesus stuck in the window? And her her father said, honey, shh, shh, we're supposed to be quiet in church. Mommy's about to start speaking. He looks like he's hurt. I think he needs to come down. Well, it was a stained glass window that was depicting a post-resurrection scene of Christ at the Ascension. And indeed, it showed his wounded hands and his pierced side. So she was worried about this Jesus whom she loved. Can he come down? I want him to come down. She was getting scared now and fearful for Jesus. Honey, this is your last chance. If you keep talking, we're leaving for the nursery. Hannah stared up at that window, looking at Jesus, whom she loved, looking at those nail holes in his hands and his wounded side, and she couldn't stand it any longer. Her mother walks to the pulpit, and about that time, this panicked little four-year-old screams out, Jump, Jesus! Jump! (laughs) Well, needless to say, Hannah did not stay in worship that day. But as I've been thinking about that story this week, I called her mom to remember the story with her. We had some fun. I realized that I was kind of like Hannah. I would like 
to think that Jesus could have just jumped down. I don't like seeing him all in agony on that cross. It's a terrifying place, and I wanted him to stop hurting. And yet I vividly remember that Jesus did not jump down. He had to be taken down off that cross, dead. And he went to the grave, the very depths of darkness, to take away the sins of the world. But friends, he did not stay there. And that is what we are here to celebrate this day. God chose to raise Jesus from the dead. God defeated the power of sin and death and by doing so, delivered us from death to eternal life. So on this Easter morning and every morning, we can say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. So happy Easter, everyone. I'm Sally Campbell Evans. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to join Vicki in welcoming you to this worship service. What a joy it is. If you are visiting with us or if you worship with us regularly, we are so glad you're here and hope you feel welcome and hope that you will feel a little bit encouraged in your faith journey because we have been in worship together today. I'm aware that many of us in the life of this church are going through some tough times some are struggling with fear and doubt, heartbreak and disillusionment, bad news that is not a dream, and facing the truth of bad decisions that are catching up with them. Perhaps we feel stuck and we don't know how to change things in our own lives. So friends, this is the day of resurrection. It's the day of new beginnings. It's the day that we proclaim once again, you do not have to go it alone. We are so glad you are here in this community today. So welcome. Some people say that the Easter story is a story that preaches itself. Well, in a way that's true. But I think it needs just a little unpacking if you were listening to that scripture text. So let's get right into our Matthew text today. We enter the story on the morning that the tomb was discovered empty. Now first we meet these women. I believe they're part of a group of female disciples who supported Jesus, followed Jesus, worshiped Jesus. But can you imagine what was going on in these women's minds as they came to the tomb that day? I mean, they came to the tomb because they loved Jesus. And there is a deep sense of loss and grief and sadness over the death of their friend. But it's also a loss of all the hopes and dreams that he was going to fulfill for them. So they're feeling some despair as well. And if you have ever grieved over the loss of a loved one, then that pain, that's the kind of pain that these women were feeling as they came to the tomb. It's the beginning of the new day of the week, and it's dawn, and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had come to the tomb, and what starts out to be a quiet morning soon becomes rather noisy, because as the women approached the tomb, the earth shook violently, and an angel from heaven descended and rolled back the stone that had been guarding the tomb, and then sat on the stone. 
We know that the guards were stationed at the tomb when the earth shook and they fell to the ground trembling. Matthew tells us that the chief priests and the Pharisees requested that the tomb be guarded so that Jesus' followers could not steal the body in the night and then claim resurrection. The Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, granted this request and it's at this very moment that the temple leaders anticipated that we find ourselves. So think about it. It's now been a couple of days after the crucifixion and these women, these Jesus followers, show up at the tomb and everything changes. They are no longer innocent bystanders or quiet onlookers. They are now, even though if they don't understand it totally, They are being called into something much larger, much bigger than themselves. And these mighty soldiers, they're the only thing that separate them from the grave of the one whom they love. The earth quakes, the angel descends, the stone is rolled away. And four times Matthew uses this Greek word phobos. It's the Greek root for phobia or fear. So who is afraid in this story? everyone except the angel i mean both women and all the guards we don't know exactly how many there are but all of them are afraid and matthew says for fear the guards shook and became like dead men the powerful soldiers shook it's the same word used to talk about the earth quaking so the earth rumbled the guards trembled and they become like dead men and from that point on in matthew's text There's no more mention of those guards. They're like, whoop, out of the picture. The point focuses now on the women. These powerless women of the first century, powerless Jewish women who are not even allowed to testify in court because their testimony would be considered unreliable as women. These women now, they move to the center of the story. They become the missionaries of this good news. But before they realize it, I imagine they're filled with fear for just a little longer. That resurrection faith takes a moment or two to grasp. No doubt they're filled with fear because they have just lived through an earthquake. And now this messenger from God, this angel is speaking to them. And Jesus' body is missing as well. They're fearful. But that's when they hear this angel, this No nonsense, get right to the point, angels say, fear not. Jesus has been raised. Go quickly and tell his disciples, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. As they listen to these hopeful words from the angel, it's likely that they are still too filled with fear to really believe those words yet, too fearful to allow hope back into their hearts fear can paralyze us can it and it may cause us to run away maybe that's why both the angel and jesus had to say to these women do not fear do not allow fear to keep you from sharing this good news that you have experienced Do not let fear keep you from hoping in what it means, what you now know to be true, even if you don't fully understand it or having a hard time understanding it at this moment. Perhaps you are in that place of fear yourself today, too scared to have hope, saying to yourself, 
what am I going to do now? My relationship, it's not been healed. My doubts, they defy simple answers. My temptations return way too often. And my hopes, just like those women at the tomb, my hopes have been dashed. My dreams, not fulfilled. My world has turned upside down. And I am fearful. How can I move forward? Perhaps that's what Reverend Kelly Clem was asking for a long time after her Palm Sunday service, just one week before Easter in 1994. The morning started out with a lot of excitement at church. The members had rehearsed the Palm Sunday drama early that morning, and Kelly remembers watching a man playing the role of Christ carrying his cross up the aisle. And her four-year-old daughter, Hannah, turned her with wide-eyed wonder and said, Mom, I want to be in that story. There was excitement in the air as every one of the 142 people at the Goshen United Methodist Church were in worship. Kelly had a two-year-old daughter named Sarah who was in the church nursery, and Hannah was dressed in her blue and white choir robe, because she was sitting on the front row with the children's choir, getting ready to sing. Kelly later wrote, The drama of the events leading to the crucifixion of Christ was in our hearts, and the growing rumblings of a thunderstorm outside only intensified what we were experiencing inside. As the service got underway, the congregation heard the wind blowing outside, and the sky turned black, and the lightning began. It was followed by hail. And suddenly there was a burst of wind and that stained glass window shattered and shards of glass were thrown across the sanctuary. Somebody yelled, tornado! And pieces of the ceiling began to fall. There was a horrible sound as the roof of the church was being ripped off and the building collapsed all around them. Reverend Kelly ran to check on her children, but a brick hit her on the head and she fell hard on her shoulder. When she finally got up, she looked around at the devastation and seeing the crowd wearing their characters from the costume, the robes for the drama, she said it was though we had stepped back in time and were standing in the violent and turbulent whirlwind of Jesus' crucifixion. Like the Jerusalem crowd, we were confused and afraid and unsure. I looked down at the rubble and my friends lying everywhere, and then I looked up at a clearing in the sky, and I gave my ardent and hardest prayer ever. Help. Someone told her that her two-year-old daughter was fine, that the nursery was intact, and then she looked down to where her four-year-old had been sitting, and there was nothing there but a pile of bricks. Under that pile of bricks, she, she could see blue and white edges of the choir robes. Members of the church pulled Hannah and the other children out of the bricks, but Hannah did not make it. Twenty worshipers died that day, and 86 people were injured. Over the next few days, Kelly performed funeral after funeral, even one for her daughter. And toward the end of that awful week, people began calling the church and asking, 
giving the death of her daughter and the devastation of the building. Kelly, Reverend Clem, are we going to have Easter this year? Kelly knew they weren't just asking about the services. She knew they were saying, Reverend Clem, we need Easter this year. And she realized that she needed it too. So after leading all those funerals, they planned an Easter service. A reporter called her as the week wore on and asked her if the disaster had shattered her faith. And she said, oh, it has not shattered my faith. I am holding on to my faith and it is holding me. And all the people of Goshen are holding on to one another along with the hope that they will be able to rebuild. And then she told the reporter, Easter is coming. That Sunday morning, in front of that demolished Methodist church, about 200 people gathered in South Alabama with a bandage on her head and her arm in a sling and a broken heart, Kelly made her way to this makeshift pulpit and she looked out at the faces of her traumatized congregation and she opened the scriptures to read from Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. poet E.E. Cummings says Easter is the defiance of despair friends the worst thing is not the last thing so no matter what you are going through if you are in a place of deep depression or a heavy hurt if you are languishing in seemingly limitless loss and severe sadness if you can't get away from that all too familiar fear remember Christ has overcome death. He is risen and nothing can separate us from that amazing love. Faith in Jesus and the promise of the resurrection changes us. It changes our outlook on tragedy and it is, allows us to move forward tentatively perhaps at first, fearful but hopeful Hopeful that our despair will indeed be turned upside down into joy. For Easter means that death does not have the last word, but love and life are stronger than fear and death. God has a future for each and every one of us. And anything, anything is possible with God. As Kelly began to learn to live with her loss, she wrote this. I began to experience the church in a way I had never imagined as a community of broken vessels through whom the power of the resurrected Christ was at work. And over time, we realized through the gift of community that we would weather this storm and begin to heal. For in spite of our brokenness, it is not in spite of our brokenness, but it is through our brokenness that we experience the power of Jesus Christ. Henry Nouwen writes that on Easter morning, we still feel the pains of the world, the pains of our family and friends, the pains of our hearts. They're still there and will be for a long time. Still, everything is different because we have met Jesus and he has spoken to us.
Can you believe that this morning? Can any part of you choose to believe it? Can you make room in your heart for this mystery? Jesus Christ is risen today. Can you believe it? And what difference would it make to your life if you could? Let us pray. Oh, holy and gracious God, we thank you for this day of celebration. We thank you that you walk with us on the journey and you never leave us. We ask this morning that you would give us an assurance of faith. Let us go from what we assumed was the end to discover a new beginning. Let us go from the past and follow Jesus into the future. Let us go from this place of disappointment and despair, defeat and death, and follow the risen Christ in the way of redeeming love and relentless hope. Let us go in the assurance that God in Christ has conquered sin and death. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.